Well, good morning, everyone, and happy Sunday. Thank you for joining us today online. You know what I miss in these cold days? I miss the warm days of summer. How many miss those warm days? I'm looking forward to spring. But I love doing yard work. I love working out in our yard on different projects. I can be out there mowing. I can be out there uh, uh, trimming the bushes. I can be out there landscaping and never get bored because I really do love it. The only problem is sometimes I get so caught up in what I'm doing that I really don't pay as much attention to things as I need to. I remember one time this past summer that I was out working in the yard in the bright sunlight. and My eyes were fairly adjusted to the bright sunlight, and I needed to get something out of the dark barn. So uh, I walked out of the bright sunlight into the dark barn, and I didn't see this ginormous, and I mean ginormous, spider web that was spun all the way across the barn door opening. Yeah, I walked right into it. It was so big, it wrapped all around my face and reconnected at the back of my head. And I'll just say this, I'm glad no one was watching. I made a fool of myself. I mean, I'm running around, flailing my arms, screaming like a little girl, trying to get the thing off of me. And if you uh, know anything about walking into a spider web, the whole time you're in the web, you're realizing there's a spider on this web somewhere. It's a little creepy, to say the least. But after I finally got the spider web off of my face... The first thing I did, I went and got the biggest stick I could find, and I spent a half hour to 45 minutes knocking down all the rest of the spider webs in the whole barn. I got them pretty much all down, and there were a lot of them. I got them much, uh, pretty much down, and I thought, well, that'll take care of it. I'll never have to walk through another spider web again. You know, that's not true. What I did was just a temporary fix. You know, I could knock down all the spider webs. But if I really want those spider webs to be permanently knocked down, I've got to go back to the source, the thing that spun them in the first place. So that's part of what we're going to be talking about as we go into this new year. But I will say this, I think we have to do a whole lot more than just knock down the cobwebs in our lives. We've got to go deeper than that. We're still in our sermon series called Letting Go, where we're talking about letting go of some things in our lives that shouldn't be in our lives, things that cause us to uh, sin, things that cause us to stay in sin. We all know there's some things in our lives that we need to remove. These aren't things that we're proud of. These aren't things that we don't like talking about. But I'll have to say they're things that we've held on to, maybe too long, and we know that we need to get rid of them. Let's just call them the spiders in our lives. Today I want to talk about something that's so destructive that many people have held on to, and that's shame. Shame. This is one of the... Uh, things that so many of us hold on to that has really held us back. You may not even realize it, but I will say this. God wants to remove it from your life. God wants to set you free from the shame in your life. And I'm not talking about guilt. It's a whole lot more than guilt. Unfortunately, a lot of people think that guilt and shame mean the same thing. They don't. I will say this. Some guilt is good, and God can use it to get us back on track. In fact, Paul says this about guilt in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. He says, For the kind of sorrow, that sorrow, that word sorrow literally means guilt. He says, For the kind of sorrow or guilt God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow. But worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, that word repentance means a turnaround. But worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance or a turnaround, leads to spiritual death. So Paul is talking about guilt, but he's talking about a holy guilt, and holy guilt, you could call it conviction, which is a good thing. 
Anytime you fall short, anytime you sin, anytime you mess up and do something wrong, God's Spirit is there to convict you, to get you back on track with God. And if you can't remember the last time that you felt a conviction of the Holy Spirit when you sinned or did something wrong, let's just say that's not a good thing. That's not a positive thing. That means you no longer feel the Holy Spirit's nudging to repent when you do wrong. You know, I make it a daily habit of praying the type of prayer that says, Lord, never, never let that convicting feeling leave me. Never let my heart or my spirit, spirit grow dull to hearing the voice of your convicting spirit. But shame, that's a whole other thing. Shame says there's something wrong with us. There's something wrong with us. Sometimes we heap it on ourselves. Sometimes other people put a whole lot of shame on us. But shame is unlike guilt because it doesn't lead us to repentance. And I would say shame doesn't draw us closer to God. In fact, most of the time, it causes us to walk further away from God. Shame actually says you're not good enough. Maybe you could put it this way. Guilt says I did something bad. Shame says I am bad. Big difference. Maybe it's when you were just a kid and there was an adult that you trusted, that put you in a bad situation. Maybe they said something to you. Maybe they did something to you that's now cloaked you in all this shame that you can't shake. You can't get free from it. Or maybe your marriage fell apart and you absolutely did everything under the sun that you could to help keep that marriage together. It still fell apart and now you feel like a failure. You feel like a hypocrite. Maybe it's one of the main reasons why you walked away from the church and walked away from God. It's because every time you went to the church, they made you feel so guilty about your past mistakes that you felt like you could never, ever outrun your past and all your mistakes. So what would you do? You ended up giving up hope. You know, we've all experienced that on some level, right? And it's not things that we want anybody even to know about. I mean, it might be that stubborn weakness. It might be that humiliating failure, that embarrassing habit that you can't break. It might be that horrible past event that happened and took place in your life. Or maybe it's that present struggle that you're dealing with with sin. Well, no matter what it is, there's some good news in God's Word for you today. I want to look at Luke chapter 8. It's a story about a woman with an issue of blood or a hemorrhage. And I want to start reading in verse 40. It says, Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus who was a ruler of the synagogue. Think about this. This woman's story doesn't start with her. It actually starts with a man named Jairus. And I believe this is to set up a very important contrast between these two people. Jairus was a very respected man. He held a high position in the city. He was the ruler of the synagogue, and falling at Jesus' feet, he begged and pleaded Jesus to come to his house. I want to stop here because this is big, something you need to notice. Because grown men in Jewish culture would never, ever fall at someone's feet. They just wouldn't do it. 